The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Uh, welcome. It's the Border Podcast with Scotty the Body. I'm your host, Scotty Conley. Uh, yeah, I decided to stop numbering the episodes because we're playing some out of order and shit happens. So y'all heard we released some stuff a little bit out of order, but in the order that we uh, recorded in. So all good. Not really a numbers guy. So nothing to really talk about there. Bringing in the first guest, the only guest, the man of the hour. We're bringing in, you may recognize him from growing up in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, he was in the all of the uh, West Side Skate Shop videos. Shout out to Dango and the boys over there, John Montesi. Um, we had him in Forian Friends. Had him in all the static videos leading up to the final static video. And now uh, pro for Hop Skateboards. And in everything they do over there with Jamal and Joel and Dustin and all the boys over there. We're going to bring in a very old friend, Mr. Steve Brandy. Steve, how you doing, sir? Doing well, Scotty. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much. Uh, great to talk to an old friend every now and then. I know I see you whenever I'm up in New York because uh, you always help us out judging with the uh, Border Am contests. Yep. So thank you for that. And it's always good to see you for a day when I'm up there because it's always a quick trip. And I'm usually just in and out in a couple days. So um, great to see you. Or great to talk to you because we're on the phone. Um, going right into it. First question. Uh, skateboarding, not the first uh, professional sport you had a chance at uh, going for because you grew up in junior tennis, correct? Yeah, I played tennis a lot. when I played all sports, but I played tennis a lot when I was a kid. And uh, I was pretty much just surrounded by it just because my dad was a tennis coach. So I think naturally, um, you know, I was waiting for him to get off work and, you know, hit against the wall. And so, you know, I, I picked it up and I was around it, but I, I did play a lot of tennis, yeah. Well, and then, I mean, your dad wasn't just like the average tennis coach. He coached uh... – your, your sister, who was actually a professional tennis player, like on the tour, played in the, playing in the majors and everything. Yeah. And uh, also your dad once coached Pete Sampras, right? Yeah, he coached, uh, he coached Pete in, I think, from 88 or 89 to 91 or 92. He coached him uh, when he won his first Grand Slam, the U.S. Open, which was pretty cool. Oh, that's – and if uh, like you guys don't like watch yeah, if you guys don't know who uh, Pete Sampras is in pro tennis, he is a god. Um, and, yeah, it looks like uh, Steve's dad coached him at the beginning of his career. So that's pretty awesome. And then so you grew up and you uh, – I hear you have a, a ton of talent on the course – or uh, not the course, the court. Sorry, I played golf today. I got that on my mind. Nice. But, um, but yeah, so you grew up playing tennis. So how, how did you uh, grow up finding skateboarding? Well, like I said, I played all sports and then just 
kids in the neighborhood. You know, I played, I played basketball. I played a lot of soccer. Um, I played tennis all the time. And I also BMX uh, race, you know, like jumps and stuff like that. So I did a lot of that when I was younger. And then um, basically a lot of the kids that I used to BMX with, some of them would uh, skateboard as well. So I was living in Bradenton, Florida at the time. Okay. So I would kind of jump on a skateboard here and there and, you know, try and learn some ollies and, you know, just mess around on the skateboard when we weren't on the bikes. And uh, so I had a few, a few basic maneuvers under my sleeve. And then we moved to Tampa when I was, I guess, 13. And that's pretty much, you know, when I started going to the skate park more and, and, you know, I had a group of friends that were close and, that all skated and, and, uh, you know, that's how I started probably skating more and more, you know, from there. So. All right. And, uh, who, who was like that crew of people like, like, uh, like just shout out some names from, from the past that I would recognize from, from that old, old crew. Oh, my, my like OG original crew from, from middle school, eighth grade was Craig Cass, uh, yeah. Scott Dre, Matt Slago. Chapin and uh, that was that was our original crew kind of and then we started going to the skate park and then obviously you know how you know the skate park is there's so many people there you meet people from all over so the crew kind of expanded from there and and but that was the original crew and uh, I started skating a little later like through other people with Mike Duanko, Ricky Dixon, Jimmy Lannon, Danny Renaud, and uh, skating with, you know, Matt's brother, Ed, a little bit as I got a little bit older and Josh Stewart as well. So, yeah, I kind of like met all those people through through the park, which was pretty awesome. And, yeah, that's awesome. All those people ended up being my friends when I was going there as a, as a like, definitely a, a Danny, Danny Renaud term, a weef. A weef, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, the little weefs, like look at this little weef running around. So yeah, when I was a little weef, like those were all like kind of the the dudes that were established in the in the area is just like were at the park. Like it was it was all those guys, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. We were all little weefs, just pretty much hanging out of the park and going downtown at night. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And so uh like dude, that squad is like seriously some of the loudest people I know. <laughs> Like in life, like Scott Dre, oh my gosh! If if you guys know Scott Dre, you know how loud he gets. And uh, like you always were like a super quiet guy, but your squad was like the super loud guys. Is it so? It, like and and you're just like naturally kind of quiet. So maybe because you couldn't get a word in. Like these dudes were like you were just like the the dude keeping the squad. Like I would just sit back and, and listen and just laugh because I mean they did all they did all the talking. I, I just was having a good time laughing. Scott would crack me up and you know Chapin and Craig was kind of mellow guy. He still is, but uh, but yeah, I mean everybody. I mean you know we were younger. People were kind of wild then. You know the skate park was a. I haven't been in in quite a few years you know to be there and skate and see the locals and stuff what they're like but i mean when we were skating there in the 90s it was definitely just kind of like a free-for-all so everybody was just uh having a good time and being loud and 
Yeah, it was wild. wild. So yeah, yeah, I just kind of sat back and took it all in. It was it was good times. Yeah, you get everything like random fireworks show in the parking lot, like uh, just all kinds of craziness. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially during the contest. Wow, it was like full on, full throttle. So, uh, so how old were you when you like uh, kind of started uh, getting hooked up with Planet Earth and like, like Ed Lego? I think hooked that up and kind of or. Yeah, it was like kind of a combination of Ed and Kenny Anderson. I, um, I had. Uh, I think it was right after Static One video came out and we were in Miami. I was filming uh, with Josh. I went down there with Josh and he was filming. He got hired for, for some conversing at the time. And, you know, it was Kenny and, and Joel Meinholz and Felix and, you know, all the, all the converse dudes at that time. And, I guess Kenny had seen static and he was just like, Hey, I don't, you know, I don't know what you want, but, uh, you know, we're trying to build planet earth again. And is it something, you know, you might be interested in and, you know, if you are send some footage and I was kind of, you know, just thinking like, Oh, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? And, uh, I told him, I was like, I don't have any footage. Like everything I had just came out in this video, you know? So, uh, Ed called me actually, and because he was writing for Earth at the time, and he called my parents' landline. I remember getting a message on answer machine back before uh, we all had cell phones and all this digital craziness. But um, yeah, it was just like a, a message on the machine asking, you know, basically, do you want to be a part of planet Earth? And I think I was 17 at the time. I graduated high school early because I couldn't really stand high school because all my friends that I skated with went to uh, a different school like just different zones so I was like kind of stuck out in this area and then you know the majority of my friends that what skated, high school did you do? I went to Wharton oh okay yeah and that was like North Tampa and then it was the first year they built the school too so it was kind of like kind of a bummer but um yeah Matt and Chapin and Craig and Scott and all those guys, they went to uh, Gaither High School, I think. So, all right. yeah. I know exactly all where you're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, I, I graduated early and, and I was kind of just chilling and I didn't know, you know, it was just like whatever. And then I had the opportunity to do that and travel. So, yeah, that's how that started. It was, it was, it was a rad run. It was fun. You didn't want to play high school tennis? I did play high school tennis. I played okay. so I. two years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was fun. Yeah, I, I grew up in junior tennis as well. And, dude, it's it's cutthroat, man. I just kind of got over it. But then uh, my grandfather bribed me to, to play in high school because <laughs> he wanted to watch me play. What was the bribe for? Uh, he would just, like, give me money. And, he, and, like, he'd buy me – he bought me, like, all my, like, brand-new gear. Like, he's like, dude, make the team. I'll buy you all brand-new gear and, like, get, like uh, – so yeah, like I got like new rackets, new shoes, like new 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 tennis clothes and shit. So like that's right, that was worth it right there. So I didn't play for like five years, and like he enjoyed, he loved playing tennis, and we we played tennis a lot together. So uh, when I quit, like he was super bummed, and just, and just like high school tennis came around, and he was like, "I'd really like to see you play high school tennis." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, I don't really want to. I'm skating." Like yeah, 
similar situation actually with me. Like I, you know, basically I was, I was playing junior tennis in, in Bradenton for, we moved around a lot, like before yeah, yeah. We, we landed in Florida, but, uh, you know, we lived in, you know, Seminole, Florida. We lived in Bradenton, Florida. We lived in Louisiana for a year. We moved around a lot, but when we landed in Florida, it was kind of, one of those things like I had spent the summer there I wasn't playing tennis I was skating more I had like a new group of friends and I was kind of like this is the shit you know like I want to hang out and skate yeah. and, you know do this and and uh you know it was all good like my parents were super supportive like all you know they just wanted me to have something that I was passionate about that I enjoyed doing and you know they weren't pushy parents you know at all as far as tennis goes but in high school, my mom was, you know, she's like, you should play tennis, you know, like you should play tennis. And I was kind of like, no, I'm good. She's like, you should play tennis. It's kind of a funny story, but uh, I knew when the tryouts were, you know, because I didn't want to play. Like I was kind of like over it. I knew when the tryouts were. So she kept telling me and then the tryouts happened. And then afterwards I, I told her, I was like, oh, it's too late. You know, the tryouts are done. They already made the team or whatever. And she went up to the school and she talked to the tennis coach. Oh, and so then I tried out and then I played and I hadn't played the same thing. Just like you, I hadn't played in about five, like four years, I guess, or three years or something. And there was a couple kids that were like super serious. And, you know, and the, one of the kids was, you know, all into it and everything. And then I came in and the coach was like, yeah, this, this, this dude's going to play the number one spot on the team. You know what I mean? And then like, some of the kids on the team were kind of bummed at me, but I was just like, fuck it, you know? So I, I played, but we, we ended up having a good time and, and uh, playing some matches and smashing some rackets and stuff. So it was, it was cool. <laughs> and then, uh, you, so you were talking about how uh, you were originally got on planet earth on it kind of like uh, for through skating with those dudes in Miami and you lived in Miami for a little bit. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, um, I lived in Miami for about a year and a half, and I lived with uh, I lived with Danny Renaud, yes, um, Joe Perrin, Richie Zuzek, uh, Ian O'Connor, Paul De Oliveira, and then we always had like John Newport over, and and Manfrey and Ryan Nix and Mike Mancini, and just the whole squad. We had like this little studio apartment in Miami and then we ended up moving into a two bedroom and uh I think Danny and I were kind of the ones that were you know paying I don't know I don't remember but we were, I think somehow we ended up sharing a room and everybody else was in the uh in the living room but the other room was occupied by some you know this this girl that needed a roommate and then Danny was on a trip, I think, a skate trip, and I was on a skate trip. I was in San Francisco or something skating, and he called me, and he's like, we got kicked out. Like, we have to move everything out. So from there, I, I went back to Tampa, and I stayed with my sister and then just basically traveled, you know, skating a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, but Miami was good times, and we skated with a bunch of people there, and there was always people coming in and out of Miami, and, and it was a lot of fun. It was good. Hell yeah. And um wanted to go into some of the stuff. Uh, just one trick in particular in Tampa history. We got to talk about it. The Nolly hard flip, the e-board double set. Uh, Did it flip? I don't know. 
<laughs> Dude, for the for the time, that was that was a, a nolly hard flip, of course. I'll, I'll take that then. Fair enough. Hell yeah, I counted it, man. Yeah. It was in a video, and I wasn't in a video. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a cool session. Um, James Craig and Ronnie Krieger were on that session. It was it was rad, and Josh had invited me. It was when he was filming for Static, and. You know, just we were probably at the skate park or something or like downtown Tampa and ran into him. I can't remember exactly how it happened, but we all ended up there. I think Renaud was there as well. And he kick flipped it and then like bounced out real quick. And then James Craig was he switched hard flipped it that day as well. But um, yeah, I was actually going to ask about that because uh, or actually I, I knew that he was there that day because I asked James Craig about that trick and he told he told me that. He, he he told me he was there at the session with you, and he also told me that that's the only trick he's ever filmed in Tampa outside of the skate park. Oh, that's a good one to get and a good spot too. That was like the spot to go to. But uh, yeah, I still have a brick from from the, from the double set at my house. Oh, that's amazing. I wish I had one. I like but, uh, no, yeah, he was, he was there, and Krieger was trying to switch three flip it that day. It was it was amazing. It was coming super close and. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think James was battling the switch hard flip, and I was hucking the uh, nollie hard flip, and the rest is history. <laughs> it is history. And then uh, you said James Craig's got a switch hard flip, but um, in a recent or a past episode of the Border Podcast, when I was talking to Josh Stewart, mm-hmm. he told me that uh, when he did the premieres of all the Static 5 and Static 6, or I'm sorry, Static 4 and Static 5, um, your line with the switch hard flip when you did the switch hard flip like the place erupted in London and uh, like it was just like th- that one switch hard flip got so many cheers and, and uh, I just thought that was super cool I don't know I don't even know I'm just saying something from a callback to a previous episode no that's cool yeah but, no I, I didn't go to that premiere I'm probably like glad you know just you know, I made it. The, I actually barely made it to the New York one because uh, I was, you know, I obviously teach tennis. I was teaching tennis full time. I had to be at work the next day, at like seven a.m. And it was there was two screenings, so I, I was basically commuting to work, and I had a car at the time, so I drove down, watched the first screening of the premiere, and then just dipped out and like went home, went to bed, and then got up the next morning, and was just teaching tennis. So. That was the only that was the only premiere I was able to go to. I wish maybe the next one, if Josh has another one, I'll try and go to the uh, to the other premieres. But it's a funny story. I don't know. Cheer for the switch hard. <laughs> Hell yeah! And it's, it's awesome how just like in some videos, like a random flat ground trick is just like sometimes like really really like one of the best things and. Oh, not to yeah. take any away, not to take anything away from that part because it's the the part's awesome. I love it. And, Thank uh, you. When when uh, reading your Thrasher interview, like uh, I always thought the song was cool in the first place, and then when I read like the reasons why you used that song and and what it what it meant, like that was like just really like super super rad. Yeah, it was a fun part to work on. Um, it was it was pretty much just, I mean, we were just skating, having a good time, like pretty much what we do now. But, uh, but yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun 
project and I kind of battled with Josh a little bit with the music and I was, he had me skating to some, I don't know, some bullshit. And I was basically oh, just telling him like, no, I can't skate to that. And he didn't know. So I started just listening to a bunch of stuff and that act, that song actually in the original version, you know, the non-acapella version, I, I never really, it never, never did anything for me but when i heard the acapella version i was like this is dope because you could hear the skate sounds and you know it kind of slowed things down and it seemed like you know it would work well and i, I told josh i'm like i found a song and he's like no dude he's like no you know because i had been sending him songs i said this is the one like this is what i want to skate to and then uh i sent him the link and he texted me back like half an hour and he's like yeah you're skating to this i was like sick nice <laughs> That part is also, man, like one of in, like a great moment in street skating history that was just like captured like absolutely perfectly along the lines with like Oyola, like the the ollie into the traffic, perf like perfectly. Uh, the perfect day with Chad Muska. Um, I'm talking about the line where you like cut off the ambulance that's fully going for it, like in the middle of the line, like and like not too many opportunities to do that in in life and like make it work and make the trick and make the line happen but uh, yeah you don't really plan it you know i mean you know there's no way to there's no way to plan that that's just yeah, something yeah. that magically happens and you can just see like you can see how bad you wanted to land that back tail and hang on at the end too because you knew <laughs> like uh you're like oh god this has to be the one like yeah i, don't, I mean I can't remember exactly how many times I had gotten to the back tail that try, but I do remember we filmed that same line at night. And for some reason, Josh didn't like the way he filmed it, I think, or something happened. Like it just happened quickly. Like I was grinding the thing and then he's like, yo, if we land the grind, try and cross the street or like, do you want to do a trick on the bench? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to probably, you know, head that way. And then the first 50 that I had landed, I crossed the street at night. And I landed the back tail, you know, totally fine. And then he told me, he's like, oh, I didn't know, I didn't realize you were going to cross the street. Like I kind of stopped halfway, like after you landed the 50 and then kept rolling with you. So it looked kind of weird. So we went back and then I got that one and I was kind of bummed because I didn't like the back tail, you know, and we we're just like getting kicked out, whatever. And then, you know, when, when we saw it with the audio and everything, it was just kind of like, yeah, that's probably the one to use you know like it just added a little more of an element to it but uh yeah like yeah. that's like a, a, like uh um when tyshawn was skating through new york and like skated that dumpster just out of the blue when it was stopped at the light like shit like that like that's the the, the spontaneous the, stuff that you can't really plan you know and that's the spirit of skateboarding man yeah like, exactly dude that's why like like shit like that, I just love to see because uh, goes along with like I, I I saw a thing that you did on the one of those one of those on the on the online vids that uh, come up when I search you on YouTube where it says one of your favorite skaters is is uh, one of many of your favorite skateboarders is is Ricky Oyola. Yeah. So uh, I can definitely see that and like some of your footage because uh, like normally people wait for like pedestrians and cars to get out of the way, but like with Ricky. And with you, sometimes it seems like like you kind of look for that magic line through the pedestrians in the cars and like 
you want them in the way because you want that like element of of realness in the footage and like so i just like do you, is like i know you like ricky oyola yeah so, i don't know i don't know about like comparing our skating rick's on a whole he's oh on no, a no, whole no other, not 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 like the level, trick selection but... not like the trick selection and stuff but just like the kind of the way that like like sometimes like i see your your clips and there's like like I like there's one where you uh, do a trick and there's a woman that's like just like on her morning run and you can see how she like has to hustle to like she hustles to like get on the other side of you before you're coming through like stuff like that just like you know stuff where, where you know Ricky would be like just skating through pedestrians and like doing tricks in front of cars and stuff and just like yeah, yeah. he's 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 rad I mean I, I take that as a compliment but yeah he's he's super rad I mean he obviously was just barging stuff you know and and I mean, we always skated like that, you know, like in, in Florida too, you know, we'd have to just barge spots because we get kicked out and sometimes there might be a security guard there, you know, whatever it was, you know, and, and that's kind of how it is skating here too, you know, and it's just, uh, it's one of those things where you can't really control where the people are going to go and who's going to sit on what bench and, you know, if somebody's in the runway or, if you know, there's you know, the runways in the street or whatever, and you have to wait for the lights. Like we were skating some spot the other day, Josh and I actually, you know, you get two tries every 10 minutes because you got to wait for the light, you know, and better, you know, hope if you're landing on the sidewalk that someone's not in the way. But fortunately, you know, it's pretty dead out right now. But um, yeah, I usually, some of that footage was in the summertime. I'd come in for, you know, a day or two when I wasn't working. You know, I had like a day off. I was working six days a week when I filmed that part. But, uh, but um, yeah, I would come in for, you know, a day and we'd skate. But I like skating. I generally like skating the winters here, to be honest with you, because there's a lot, there's fewer people out. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, sure. some of the security yeah. guards don't want to come out and kick you out because it's super cold and there's less foot traffic. and it's kind of, you can just go into the city and, you know, just go into Midtown and just skate a bunch of stuff and hit, you know, a few spots. You might get kicked out of one, you move on to another. And there's, you know, there's so much good stuff, you know, in a small little dense area that you can just skate to. It makes it pretty fun, you know, and that area is really, you know, most of the time super hectic in the, uh, you know, in the summer times with tourists and, and uh you know, just pedestrians walking and cars and whatnot, but yeah. All right. So, uh, you, you mentioned you were working six days a week and, uh, if, uh, I, I think you mentioned it, but he is a legit professional tennis instructor. Uh, so you work outside of New York, like outside of the city, right? At a, at a, like what, like a private club or, yeah, I was. I, I actually, I moved to New York for work. I moved here in 2007 for a job teaching tennis. And before that, there was about two years that I was traveling and uh, coaching my sister. It was like when Planet Earth went out and I was kind of just like, what am I going to do? You know, so my sister needed somebody to travel and, you know, have a sparring partner and whatnot. So I kind of got back into tennis then, which was, which was rad. And you know, I was going to all the Grand Slams with her and traveling with her, and I'd always bring my board. <laughs> We'd go to Australia and I'd like go to the local park, you know, in Australia and skate or whatever. But uh, but yeah, I was I was working full time teaching in the summertime. I was working six days a week, and then in the wintertime, I was working five days and coming in. And 
but yeah, I, I don't work up there anymore. I had a job in the city for a while and was uh, kind of burnt out on it. I got more into like the administrative side of, of tennis, like, you know, co-directing a club, you know, doing schedules and programs and payroll and, you know, okay. just doing all kinds of stuff. And I kind of realized, you know, I don't know if this is what I want to do, you know, and, and it was something I was kind of like trying to build towards for a while, but, uh, but yeah, I, I took a break from that. And, uh, after quite, quite a few years and then just started teaching in the city, I got a job in the city, so I didn't have to commute and made it a lot easier. And, uh, but yeah, the whole pandemic thing now is kind of put a halt on the tennis teaching, which, you know, it happens. I'm skating a little bit more. That's good. Yeah. Having fun. Yeah. yeah. And the the and much like the winters, I guess, uh the streets are pretty empty right now, right? Yeah, they're very empty. I mean, it's it's changed. I've seen the city change quite a bit. I, you know, I live uptown, so I ride my bike down, you know, downtown and yeah, it's it's changed. There's not too many people out right now because of the pandemic and you know, certain spots that you probably weren't able to skate before you can and a lot of new stuff, you know, just popping up and I've kind of been trying to avoid riding the trains. So I've just been on my bike mostly with my board. I have like a board rack, you know, for, for my skateboard. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of whip around the city and, and meet up with some friends on bikes and, you know, skate some spots and stay off the train and try and stay away from, you know, as many people. yeah i see a lot of footage of everybody everywhere is like anybody living in a city is like uh on a bike now so yeah i noticed that mm -hmm. I, like everybody out in la people in san francisco like that's everywhere like everybody down here in tampa is like just everybody the uh the bike shops are, are killing it right now oh yeah fully and it's crazy too because right before this whole thing happened i had another bike and i had it up in where I used to teach tennis in one of my friend's garages and his neighbor, like they had dual garages and his neighbor was like an elderly guy and his car wouldn't start. And it was in the winter time. So he thought putting a space heater underneath the car would basically like help start it. So he put it, you know, a space heater under his car and it burnt the whole garage down. So I didn't have a bike. Oh. So I, I ordered a new bike and literally right before like all the, you know, craziness started and uh the, you know everybody's like oh where'd you get your bike and i was like sending the link to the website that i had ordered the bike from and it, you know it's a cheap bike or whatever you know it does a job but uh they're all sold out you know no one can get bikes and everybody's yeah like, yeah was it was sold out like all the bike shops are killing it you know and all the city bikes and all those like uh rental bike things and all the uh the scooters and all that shit like got shut down because they weren't safe for covid so like people couldn't even use those. So they really had to get a bike. So like the, the, the bike dudes are, are doing great. Yeah. They're killing it. There's a bike shop right near me too. And I, I had to get something for my bike, like a little attachment for this back rack. And I went in there and there was literally one bike in the whole bike shop. And it was a pretty good, pretty big bike shop. And I was like, yeah, you guys sold out everything. He's like, yeah, we sold actually more than where you see all the stand, you know, all the bike stands. Cause they were all, you know, gone. I was just like, wow, that's pretty, 
crazy. He yeah. says, yeah, we haven't even been open because we've been doing so well. So yeah, the bike, bike always, dudes are killing it right now. Yeah. There's, there's always going to be, uh, you know, some industries that benefit from, from, from stuff like this. So, you know, yeah, it is it what happens. it is. It is. Yeah, it is what it is for, for sure. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one thing like when, when I asked you to do this, I, I, you know, wanted to like assure you beforehand that like any questions about like your personal life and about the thrash interview and stuff and, and all that, all that type of type of stuff would be like certainly out of respect and just like curiosity, like from friend to friend, like not like trying to make jokes about your sexuality and, and certainly not trying to conduct like, a big brother style interview where I just like, like I'm, I'm not here to like bash my homies for sure. So, uh, and then, so when I asked you to do this and I mentioned, I had some questions on that topic, like you, you, yeah, feel, green light feel. and was just like, yeah, go, go for it. Like, what do you, what do you got? Let's talk. Open book. Feel free. And so, uh, yeah, man, like some of this stuff is just friend to friend. Like, cause, uh, honestly, like that's, I mean, I found out when I got the Thrasher mag and when I saw the post on Instagram, like, just like the rest of the world, man. And like, uh, it, it was like, Oh, like, hell yeah. Like, all right, cool. Like, yeah. Hell yeah. And then I read the interview and I'm just like, Holy yeah. Hell yeah. And of course, like I'm psyched. Cause I always, it's always good when you, you see your homies in the mag, like that's always makes me feel good. Like I'm in my office looking at a, a thrasher with Yanni Cruz on the cover and just photos. Of, like I surround myself with photos of my friends and just like constantly right. like, get revved up by that type of shit. So it was awesome to see that you had the coverage and awesome to see how happy you were like coming out, man. And like, uh, it, it was, it was awesome. Cause, uh, you know, man, like it, it, you know, yeah, it was a big step. I, I appreciate it. Thanks. And, and, and I, I knew you for a long time and didn't know and didn't like, you know, yeah, and I just, uh, probably didn't care. It's just in, in my head. Oh no, no, absolutely, yeah. absolutely not, man. Like, exactly. uh, like obviously, like now, like the 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 whole attitude in skateboarding is it's like so inclusive and like it's for everybody, and and uh, there's there's like the L LBGTQ like brands of skateboards and like those like. The, 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 this group of people is getting like a lot of coverage and it's, it's like awesome to see because like some of those like people are killing it and uh but like man growing up at the skate park in tampa like man like <laughs> i was there you were there man like like it wasn't exactly as as, yeah, uh, it wasn't it wasn't a polished scene. We'll sit. We'll put it that way. Yeah, man. It was like, a little it, rough around the edges. It, yeah, and, and it, it was you know, it, it's just the you know the slurs were were tossed around at will, like yeah, and uh, like that kind of stuff. Like, um, and then seeing like there's like stories like in skateboarding. Like I I think of like the dude t like Tim Von Wern that like came out. And, and got kicked off a company and then like the dude like Jarrett Barry had like the the cover of uh like Big Brother and the yeah, Ashless Chaps and, and like like yeah. he obviously that dude was obviously like cool with it or else he wouldn't have done it yeah but, like the whole interview was like just like a, it was very tongue-in-cheek and like very like very like 
not insulting, but just like it was, it was, it was done purely for the sake of comedy. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think, you know, during that time it was a lot different too. I mean, people connect so much easier now with, you know, all these social media platforms and things like that. And, you know, you learn things just like you were saying, you know, there's a whole bunch of, you know, LGBTQ, you know, organizations that are involved in skating and companies and so on and so forth. And I think a lot of that just comes with, you know, growth of, of skating as well. You know, there's just more people skating now, you know, than there were, you know, when we were, you know, 13, I guess, or whatever, however old, you know, we started going to the skate park in 95 or something sure. like that. It wasn't really, you know, I didn't, I didn't know of any, gay skateboarders then you know what i mean and then i had heard later on maybe when i was 16 or something 17 16 probably that you know i was going down to, to miami quite a bit i was skating with joel meinholz a lot and uh he's a, he's a good friend of mine but he uh he was friends with tim von warren and i'm sure he still is whatever but uh you know i heard that story and i was just kind of like oh shit you know and then being in Tampa, you know, at the skate park and seeing Jared Berry there and like knowing that he was openly gay and just, you know, it was kind of like a, it wasn't a joke, but, you know, people would kind of, you know, take little stabs or whatever. And I'm sure he didn't care, obviously, you know, but when you're a kid and you think like, oh, you know, shit, you know, I'm gay, like if that's, you know, if I reveal my sexuality to, you know, some of my peers or something, like if I'm at a skate spot, I might have to deal with some of these slurs, you know, and I guess when you're young, you're, you're not really, you know, willing to do that. And, you know, everybody's pro process is different, you know, and, and, you know, I guess mine, it just, it took me a while to basically just say, you know what, like, fuck it, you know, if people got a problem with it, then that's on them, you know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna, I'm going to live my life the way I want to. And, and we're all entitled to that, you know, no one's hurting anybody. And, you know, I think it's also a positive thing too, just for, you know, the skateboard community, because, you know, there's, there's skateboarding's growing, you know, and there's tons of people and, and everybody should be, you know, accepted as, as a skateboarder. I mean, that's why we all started skating. We were all kind of freaks anyway that didn't fit in, you know, <laughs> Yeah, so. skateboarding was born in the outcast so like yeah so yeah so um so like uh like in the thrasher interview you said that like, you felt like you were born this way and you, you like pretty much felt it your whole life so when something like uh like something like the the, the like the pulse shootings in orlando florida when, when something like that happens and like that affects that community like so heavily but you're you're like still in the closet like how 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 did you deal with something like that man like i can't even imagine like uh like having that just having to deal with all of that like like mentally like yeah i mean you you, you process it you kind of understand where the hatred comes from i guess and and you know obviously anything tragic like that is gonna affect you if you know you're gay straight you know black white whatever you know latino whatever whatever uh you know you identify as but um yeah. you know it, it definitely you know it was pretty shocking it was sad obviously you know and showed obviously that you know 
change still, you know, needed to, to happen. And, you know, I mean, everybody's still, you know, fighting for that, I guess, you know, and the whole, you know, I mean, we're dealing with that right now, you know, going on in our community, you know, with other, you know, people with the whole, you know, Black Lives Matter thing. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always, it's always going to be, you know, something and, and you're going to always, you know, have to just basically, you know, stand up and say, yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm gay and it is what it is. And, you know, there's not too much you can do really about it. But yeah, I felt that way when I was young. And, you know, when I saw the whole stuff, obviously, you know, it's shocking, you know, it'd be shocking if it were people that aren't gay anyway, you know, just a mass shooting anywhere is pretty, pretty tragic, you know, for, for anyone, it's just lives basically, you know, and it's, it's sad, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there were times that were hard, you know, I mean, it, it was, but, uh, you know, you got, everybody has hard times in life, you know, and you gotta, you gotta work through them, I guess, you know, and it just kind of took me a little while to process it. And I think a big part of the reason why I probably didn't come out for a long time too, is I just put so much energy into my work. Like I was just working all the time. And the only time that I, you know, when I wasn't working, I was just skating. So it was kind of like, I'd, you know, show up and I'd skate and then I'd be like, Oh, I got to bounce. I got to work, you know, whatever. And, and, uh, you know, that was, it was just kind of like, yeah, he, you know, he teaches tennis or whatever. I don't think anyone really questioned it or thought of it. So, you know, it was a little more difficult too. Maybe if things had been more obvious, it, it could have been a little easier, but, uh, New York's you know, a good I, place you can hide, right? Like what, what's that? Like, uh, like New, New York's a really big place to like to hide in. Oh yeah. You can ghost out real quick. I mean, yeah. You know, Jamal, Jamal's known for kind of like ghosting out on sessions or whatever, but yeah, I'd ghost out on sessions too. And it was just kind of like, Oh yeah, you just dip, but you know, I'd at least send a text or whatever, but say, Oh, I got a phone call or I got to like, you know, I got to do this or do that. And you just jump on the train, you're out. But, uh, yeah, you can, you can definitely find a little place to do your own thing and, and, uh, you know, live your life the way you want, you know? So it's, it's nice. Yeah. Like, uh, when, um, when Brian Anderson was doing all his interviews and all that stuff was coming out when he came out and that vice article and all that stuff, uh, he talked about a time where he was out at a gay bar and like a, uh, a skater like recognized him and came up to him and just like, was like, Whoa, like you're Brian Anderson, like you're gay. And, and, and Brian Anderson was like, yo, you can't tell anybody like <laughs> you saw me here. Like, uh, do you ever have anything like that happen in, in New York or elsewhere? Like when you were maybe on tour or anything like that? Like, no, nah, I mean, I never really like, I never really like would just pop. I don't drink. So I never really would like pop into a bar and just oh, like, yeah, yeah, have yeah, a okay. drink or whatever, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. But, um, I've been in a relationship now for, I don't know, close to five years probably. And then prior to that. I was in another relationship and, you know, I mean, there'd be times, you know, I'd say like, Oh, I don't want to go down into that area of the city or whatever. Cause you know, I might run into some friends or, yeah, you yeah, know, whatever. Yeah. So it was just kind of, you know, you just kind of 
you always got to kind of like watch your steps and think ahead and just, it gets tiring, you know, and, and after a while you're just like, dude, I can't keep doing like, what am I even doing this for? Like, this is insane. You know, like I'm, I'm, you know, not even going places with someone that I like truly care about because I'm worried, you know, what somebody's going to think or, you know, whatever. But, uh, now there was only one time actually we were my, my, uh, my partner that I'm with now, we were, we went down to Florida. His mother uh, was retired there and she passed away and left him a little place like over in Riviera beach near West Palm beach. So okay. we go, we go down there sometimes and, and spend a little bit of time. And uh, you know, when I first got there, I didn't really spend too much time in West Palm beach when I was living in Tampa, like we'd go other places, you know, to, you know, meet random friends to skate and stuff like that Miami mainly but uh but yeah I never really spent any time so I got there and you know there's a skate park there I was like oh this is cool there's a skate park here like I don't know fucking anyone here like I'm just gonna go skate like have a good time and uh across the street from the skate park was this it's like super cool restaurant like look it's called Howie's it's like a little diner and they play like cool music it's probably like, one of the cool places in you know, that area to go to that stays open late. But my dude and I went in and I saw this dude sitting with, uh, I guess his girlfriend at the time, because we're friends now. But um, I was looking at him like, oh, I know that dude through like, I know he had a weekend hat on. And I was like, oh, that's that dude, Andrew. Like, you know, I'd seen him in weekend videos or whatever, Andrew Constantine and uh, whatnot. And I was telling my dude, I was like, fuck, I was like, that dude knows a lot of people I know just through Florida, you know, like we have a lot of mutual friends. I'm like, let's try and get a table in the back, you know, like let's get a table in the back. And, uh, you know, nothing, nothing happened. I think we just went in we got a table in the back and then I think I was down there another time. And then we actually met at the skate shop postmodern and he was like, yeah, I saw you like, you know, he was telling me the story and he's like, yeah, I saw you, you know, at this coffee shop over in Northwood village. And, you know, he's like, I saw you had like, you know, a theory shirt on or something. And he's like, I put it together. He's like, I didn't know what the fuck you were doing here, you know? And then afterwards, you know, he realized that I was down there with my dude and, you know, he, you know, he knew, you know, cause he read the interview, but, uh, but yeah, we became good friends. And it's funny cause he's like, you know, he tells me the story like, yeah, I saw you, but I, I never said anything. And I was like, yeah, I saw you with my dude, you know, and I, I, I'd never say anything either. But, uh, that was really the only time that anything, you know, where I was kind of like worried or whatever, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah, what, yeah. what's this dude doing here with like this other dude, but that shit's all in your head anyway. You know, like when you're in that space, that's like, what's in your head and you're, you're worried about it. And it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it could have been a friend, you know what I mean? It could be a friend. It could be a, a brother. It could be an uncle. It could be, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you know, but in your head, you're thinking like, fuck, you know, I'm gay. No one knows. And like this dude see me with another dude, but you don't really, you know, look at it from a logical perspective, probably just because you're, you know, you're anxious about it, you know? So yeah, I actually, I went to, to the, to the premiere of, of, uh, Brian's Brian Anderson's piece as well. And uh, my friend Tia, who I came out to um, before, you know, like I did the interview. Um, yeah, yeah, I know Tia. Yeah, she's she's a close friend, and uh, there were there are people that I told. I told my friend Isabel as well, and you know, like Craig knew, and just some close friends knew. But you know, I yeah, hadn't yeah. really figured out how I was going to tell. You know, like just 
all the friends that I've, you know, accumulated through skating over the years and everything. I didn't really want people to just like hear it from somebody else. I kind of wanted people to hear it from me. And, and, you know, that way, if there's anything I, you know, I want people coming up saying like, Oh, so-and-so told me, da, 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 da. you know, I was just like, well, this is an easy way to do it. I can just like, you know, do this interview and people will know. And, you know, if they come up to me, that's on them because, you know, it's like, you know, and, you know, so, but, uh, but yeah, I told Tia and she invited me to that, to that, uh, premiere and, and I was fucking super stoked for the dude. He had his whole crew there and, and, uh, it was a rad, rad video piece. Reddit did it. And, um, I think, uh, Roger Bagley as well helped with that. And, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty touching because like a lot of the stuff he talked about, I mean, it, it, you know, very similar. Like there's a lot of things that, you know, when you go through that process that, you know, you have to sort and whatnot, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was rad to see that. And, and then, you know, shortly after my good friend who we both skated for planet earth together as well and traveled all over forest, you know, forest came out and, you know, I was, I mean, I can't say I was surprised, you know, I, I didn't really care Forrest is my friend, but you know, I was, I was happy for him and, and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, it seems like there's a lot more, you know, people that are involved in skating that are part of the LGBTQ, <laughs> LGBTQ community, you know, which is rad. There's all these, you know, Instagram accounts, you know, for, just, you know, it's not just LGBTQ, but it's, you know, they have skate jams and people get together and there's more of kind of like a support for, uh, for that. I think now if you're younger, you know, a younger kid in skating, there's probably, you know, more options to connect to than, you know, than we had, you know, when we were younger, you know, like just being at the park and, and, you know, being downtown Tampa and being in Miami, like even, you know, when I was a kid in Miami, I was kind of blind to it, but, but uh yeah it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i mean obviously like when uh when you have a friend that comes out like that and then you, you there's like a story from the past where you're like oh all right now but, it makes sense <laughs> okay and uh so i'm gonna share my story because i i asked you if you remembered this and, and you said you actually did remember this so i was super stoked because it was a really long time ago um, it was, uh, at a, the, when dinosaur junior first got back together and started touring again, uh, they played at the house of blues in Orlando and I had got tickets. I was really psyched cause, uh, I found out about dinosaur junior through skate, but skate videos through, through Josh, uh, through like songs that were in montages that you were skating in. And just like, I always like associate dinosaur junior with like, good times in like Tampa skateboarding and all that stuff. So I was like super right, psyched right. to go there and see that for the first time. And, uh, I get there and, um, it was actually also one of my first times like doing mushrooms. So like, I was yeah, like, I remember. yeah, yeah. So I was like feeling, starting to feel real good. Like, like, Oh, you were feeling of, it for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like three quarters of the way, like through the opening act, I was like, like, tripping pretty hard and yep. uh i was there with um like jeff laco and drunk aaron 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you remember those guys or if anybody yeah, yeah. remembers those guys. But I was there with those two guys. We, were all, we went as a, as a posse. Um, and somehow we ended up, like, meeting these girls. And they're just like, yeah, we're just here. Like, we just wanted to come to the House of Blues. And, and this is just what's going on. Like, you guys are here for a concert. Like, so we kick, like, hit it off with these girls. But there's, like, one extra girl for them than there was of us. So, like, the girl that I was paired off with was just like, yo, listen, you need to find another dude or else. You need a wingman. Like, they're like, yo, like, there's four of us and three of you. Like, you, you know, like, you need to find another dude. Like, I don't care who it is, but, like, (laughs) like, it's all or nothing here. Like, we'll find four other dudes. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, the pressure's on. And I'm tripping balls. And Dinosaur Jr. is about to go on just like, Oh my God. So I'm like running around like, cause a, a lot of people were at that show. A lot of homies were at that show. Yeah. I remember so, uh, well. it was in Orlando, right? Yeah. It was at the house of blues in Orlando, like yeah, yeah. Disney or whatever. Yeah. Had like the, the two, two level, uh, like you could go on both levels and see the yeah. band from above. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It was a sick venue. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it was a great music venue for sure. I saw like Flogging Molly there one time. I saw Snoop Dogg there one time. No Got way. kicked out of Snoop Dogg for smoking weed and then snuck back in. Were you on mushrooms then too or no? No, no, no. no. Just weed that time. Just weed that <laughs> time. But they caught me smoking weed inside and I'm like, this dude, this is a Snoop Dogg concert. What are you talking about? Right. Like, so I snuck back, but I snuck back in. So it was all good. But back to this story. So we're at Dinosaur Jr. I'm running around looking for a friend. <laughs> I'm like running around, but also tripping, but I see you and I'm like, I run up to you like full force, like fully tripping. And I'm just like, pretty much, I I think I'm yelling. So I'm just like, Steve, like, come with me. I need you. Like, I got a group of girls, but I, I need one more guy. Like, this is guaranteed. Let's like, I'm screaming this shit at you. Like, let's go. Like, yeah, I remember. I remember and, very well. And you, you just looked at me and you're like, dude, calm down, man. Like, you're like, I'm good. And I'm like, what? And like, I'm like screaming at you, man. I, I'm like, like, I remember this, this part vividly that I'm just like, dude, let's go. Cause I'm thinking I got to scream over everybody to make sure I get the point across that like, this is a hundred percent like yeah like guaranteed like you're you're psyched because you just all you have to do is find one more friend and you're getting laid pretty much but you exactly. went for me that's that's the problem <laughs> so uh and like i could just tell you were like so embarrassed by it and and then i like i don't know because i look up and there's like a group of like five to like maybe ten people and they're all like staring straight at me and obviously like when you're fucking tripping on mushrooms like the last thing you need is 10 people staring at you right so i think i freaked out after that and ran away and needless to say it didn't, I, it did I did the not, same actually i think and i wasn't and i wasn't on mushrooms i was just like you know scotty's on mushrooms he's kind of raging out he wants me to go we're in orlando you know like we're gonna go to some you know random place like how am i going to get back to tampa the next morning like i probably wanted to skate the next day or something like i didn't even i wasn't even really thinking about dudes then to be quite honest with you man i was just like skate 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 you know like just that was it and uh 
No, I just I remember you coming up to me and you were you were kind of like you know obviously tripping and you were loud and I was like yo chill like I'm good I'm good like just chill you know and then you were like chasing me around and I remember it was like a circular uh, venue on on the we were on the second floor I think so I kind of just you know was trying to get away from you I guess like no offense but you were kind of like being a little wild at the time and yeah I was maybe more a little you know kind of to myself and just wanted to sit back and watch the show and, and, you know, have a good time or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you put those, you put that together and, you know, then, then things kind of make sense. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of my friends have similar stories too, you know, but those are, those are the types of things that, you know, you, you obviously run into when, uh, you know, you're, you're gay and you're not, you know, out of the closet or whatever, you know, it's, it's just part, part of it, you know, it's just kind of like a, a cat and mouse and you're trying to remember what, you know, just basically, you know, you're running and you're constantly just running and running and not dealing with it, not dealing with it. And then finally you just like, can't deal. I can't not deal with this anymore. Like it's getting too overwhelming, too tiring, but yeah, I remember that. It's funny you remember that too. That's a good memory. That was a really long time ago, man. We must have been like, I don't know. That was at least, I don't know how many years ago you think that Dude, was. That was. I mean, it had to have been like, uh, I mean, it was maybe fifteen years ago now. Fifteen yeah. in between fifteen and twenty for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. I'm glad you had fun. I hope you got laid. Did you get laid that night? No, no, just to make it out. And then they were like, all right, we're going to go. Because then, like, I think they really, like, started to really understand how hard I was tripping. So I think they might have, like, pulled the record and, and just, like. All right. So I didn't, I didn't completely, like, ruin the whole. No, 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 no. I was, I was uh, you know, I was a ticking time bomb at that point, I think. Yeah, it happens. You know, you win some, you lose, you lose more, right? But um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, like yeah. You know, th thanks for talking about that for a little bit. I don't want that. To, I don't want to make that the whole whole uh, the whole uh, episode because that's not your whole story. Um, it's, a, it's a part of a long story of skateboarding that I was got to personally see because we skated a, a lot together, kind of in Tampa at the park and stuff growing up. For sure. But, um, like back in New York right now. I, I mean, I guess before the pandemic. I mean. I'm, I'm bad at timelines. So you recently did a photo exhibit in New York, like with Polaroids and stuff, right? Yeah, we did a, I did a board series for hops and, uh, I just, I always had this camera. I've been shooting with it for many years. And, uh, Joel was telling me, he's like, yo, you should do something for, you know, do like some type of board series or something with the photos. He's like, you got all these photos and you're not doing anything with it. Cause he come to New York. He, he's somebody that I told early on, yeah, you know, that I was gay and he'd come and stay in New York with me and my dude and like Joel and I would skate around or whatever and you know he'd just see all these photos that I had and you know where he was sleeping I got like shoe boxes full of photos you know and he's like why don't you do something with all these you know and, and I was like yeah I could you know like I'll, I'll start working on a board series or whatever I think it'd be a fun project so I started that and then uh he kind of was like yo you should do a show like and show all the boards with you know, the photos and so on and so forth. But basically it all, it, it all kind of like came together and fell in place, you know, with, with work. But, uh, 
Craig, my good friend Craig Cass, that we talked about in the beginning. He, oh yeah, that, dude, that's still the good home. I, I talk to him regularly. Yeah, he's he's rad, but he does uh, he does woodworking. So I told him kind of like the idea, and I was like, "Yeah, do you think you could build some frames out?" And he, you know, built these uh, took cinder blocks and drilled holes in them and put these like iron uh, rods where you can like an attach an eight by ten photo. So we had like photos floating around and and stuff like that but uh yeah it was a fun project i was doing that and then before that pretty much was like the the hops converse project that jamal and i did you know with the interview and then yeah just taking some time was kind of hurt for a little bit but um skating again and having a good time riding the bike and just working on more like small fun projects with friends man you know no complaints so hell yeah trying to stay busy during this pandemic man like that's right going nuts inside your house like i'm uh, these oh i gotta get out like every day otherwise i'm you know i'm on the bike or skating or i go in you know to the park and i was actually in the park earlier yeah but, I've, been, uh, I've been uh i've just been playing a lot of golf that's a good thing to do. You don't, you know, you're not around too many people. And yeah, dude, it's really good for social distancing. And then now yeah. you get your own cart. Like you don't have to touch anybody else. Like it's all your own equipment. You're not. So do you do you beat Dustin? Um, I have Dustin beat Dustin on one of his worst days of his of golf he ever shot. I oh, beat wow. him on that day. Wow, He's, Dustin is really good, man. Like he. He's good, but I, I actually shot my personal record today, which is an 85. Right. So that's like the best round I've ever shot in my life. Where do you play golf in Tampa now? Um, there's like a, like a couple courses near my house that are run by the city. Uh, there's Rogers Park mm-hmm. and Babe Zahara's. And then uh, we play like Northdale a lot. Oh, right on. Uh, um, we'll play USF course, the Claw. Oh yeah, uh, that's still there. That's cool. Um, Dustin loves that course, and Dustin's dad loves that course. So we always like whenever Dustin's in town, we always get rounds in with uh, Dustin and his dad, which is like it's just hilarious to watch those dude two guys go at it because they're like those dudes are really competitive with each other. So and they're like kind of on the same skill level, so yeah. they'll like trade off on who wins. So like they're like really they really go after it with each other, and like they both are kind of hot headed when they're not playing well. So oh, Dustin like, is the same way when he skates. I've only played golf with him, I think, like once, maybe. But uh, oh yeah, if, he, if, he, if he's not if he's not landing something, he's usually getting pissed. I'm like, yo, dude, calm down, like just in, enjoy it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I've seen him uh, break clubs multiple times. Um, he he actually was in Tampa for like the last like two or three months and, and left town like a couple weeks ago. But we were playing golf a lot, and one time, three holes in, he he seriously missed a putt and threw his putter, and it got stuck in a tree, like, probably 20 to 30 feet up. And he left it? And he left it, yeah. There's no getting it back. Like, Oh, wow. Yeah, so he was just like – for some reason, he had two putters in his bag, though, so he was good. That's when but, you know you're good. You had two putters. He, well, no, that's when you know you might liable to th- throw one in a fucking in a tree. That's true. You gotta be prepared. But uh, yeah, I just want like oh, and 
uh, your pro model board looks really good on my board wall next to Dustin's man. I'm like so proud that like uh, dudes from our, our local scene are like doing things and that, you know, have, have boards with their names on them. And I, I uh, go back to like our, our old poker. Did you ever, you played poker with us sometimes, right? Or not? Yeah. I would yeah. be around. I'd kind of be like in and out of town and I'd come over. That's when you, I think you lived with Robbie at the time, Kirkland. Yeah. And Adam. Yeah, that's right. So I thought back to that and I was just like, holy shit, there's like four or five dudes from that poker game now that have, have, you know, uh-huh. pro model boards, man. Like Yanni Cruz, Kevin Coakley, you, Dustin, um, and dude, it's just like makes it just like makes me fucking proud to like have my friends from Tampa that are out there doing the town proud. That's awesome, man. I I appreciate it. I didn't know you had my board on on your wall. <laughs> well, the tennis racket board, man. Like I had to had to grab. Yeah, that was the first one. That board that board's pretty rad to me. That's actually a a graphic. Um, I can't remember the guy's name that drew it up. It's one of Jamal's buddies um, that does graphic stuff. But uh, it's the actual, it's kind of like a, a drawing of the tennis racket that my dad played tennis with his, his whole life. Just kind of like the Prince Pro, right? Yeah, it's a Prince Pro classic. They don't make them anymore. It's super oh, old. Yeah. And he actually still plays with it to this day. He puts weights on it. Nice. And, I was a big uh, fan of the uh, like the OG Wilson Pro Staff that oh, Stefan yeah. Ed, Edberg would would uh, yeah ride out, and then I, that's what I uh, the the updated version of that racket is what I actually play with now. That's a play. that's a tough racket to play with, man. That's a that's like a player's racket. You must be good. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's what I used when I was in high school, and and uh, just because I like the color, like the colorway of it was just like the red and the yellow. Yeah, uh, I just liked the way it looked, and it was just like I liked that racket and how it looked on television. So that's I, sick. That's that. That was the bribe for my grandpa to be on the tennis team. Well, you but, got it. It was worth it. You got some shoes out of it too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sick. And you got to play tennis, which you're probably stoked about now. Yeah, man. Uh, me and George were getting out of that, getting out there pr- uh, pretty regularly there for a little bit before I was like traveling a bunch. But I need to get out there with him because I haven't been out there in a while. Yeah. But um, okay, so we're we're really going off the rails. So we've been talking a little bit over an hour. You know, usually this is about the time we wrap it up. So I just wanted to say thank you. But the last thing I want from you, I told you that I was going to ask for this, and uh, I hope you got one lined up because I need a, a story from you or a memory or something about our good friend Curtis Valentine. Oh, there's, there's tons of stories, but, uh, the last time I saw Curtis, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The last time I saw Curtis was at the Shaquifa premiere here in New York. Yes. When we did And I think he passed maybe like six, seven, like a week, maybe a week later or whatever. But during that premiere, I hadn't seen him much in New York around that time. Um, I was probably hiding somewhere or whatever, but, uh, no, he came up to me and he was just like telling me, you know, hey, man, I just always wanted to, you know, tell you thanks for being super cool to me when, you know, when I was a younger kid at the skate park. And, you know, we weren't 
that far apart in age, but I think when we were younger, like maybe when I was 16 and he was 13 or something, it was kind of a, a big, you know, difference. Yeah, that's but, a big uh, gap when, when you're young, but like when you're 30 yeah. and you're 27, it's like, yeah. so it's not, that's nothing. Exactly. But, uh, I always like, you know, Curtis was always a good hearted dude and I always liked Curtis and, you know, he'd, he'd get wild or whatever. And, you know, I kind of keep my distance or, whatnot but uh yeah the last conversation we had before he passed it was it was rad he just you know he told me how much you know he appreciated me being kind to him and and you know i'd give him a ride home occasionally you know if he couldn't get a ride home he's like you always had my back man you always had my back and i was like yeah dude you were like the you know you were a cool fucking kid you know like you were part of the crew at the park that everybody knew and you were there hanging out every day and you know everybody liked him and and uh when he skated he ripped and he had a dope style you know and but um no i was glad i i you know was fortunate enough to you know have a nice conversation with him you know before he passed because before that i hadn't seen him in quite some time i think you told me the same thing as well so yeah yeah um yeah, that's he was, also like the, he's a good the, dude good spirit yeah that was the last time uh the last that was the last time I saw him too, man. Was at that Shaquifa, uh Volume Three premiere that we did up in New York. Yeah. And I hung out with him the next day, and uh, flew home the next day. And and that's dude, the last that like that's the last time I saw him. And and honestly, like I had hadn't uh, seen him one time since he actually left Florida and moved to New York. So I hadn't seen him in like ten years. Oh wow! Because uh, all my trips to New York are always just like super fast. Um, we usually end up staying somewhere in New Jersey just because we need somewhere to park our uh, truck and trailer and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can't park that stuff in the city because it'll just get graffitied or broken into. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, we still had a truck stolen from Jersey anyway. Oh, so that's crazy. I guess it didn't even matter. But uh, yeah, they, they didn't take the trailer. We had the truck and trailer disconnected. But anyway, yeah, like, so all my trips were like just like staying in Jersey. So I'm not hanging out in New York at the nighttime. So, like, we're waking up at, like, 5 in the morning, driving to LES Park to, like, clean it and get it ready for the contest. You guys show up. We run the Border Am and then shut it down, drive back to Jersey, and then we're out the next day. So, like, I didn't really run into Curtis. I tried a couple times, and it just didn't happen. But, dude, he when I told him I was coming to New York for that premiere, he was like, dude, I will be there. I will be there. Oh yeah. He, he'll have your, he'll have your back for sure. And he, he almost, they tried to kick him out during the premiere and he's like, there's no way I'm not going anyway. Cause he was like, <laughs> like there was like a friend section early in the video and, and he was like doing commentary on the whole video. Like yeah, trick one, like with Dustin's part, just like Curtis was like doing his own commentary over the volume of the video, over the volume of the entire audience. And he was just like, Dustin, my boy, yo, D.I. Dills, let's go. Like, just like doing, doing his thing. And, and then like when the friend section, every single person like just, he was just going nuts. And somebody tried to like grab him and be like, dude, you got to get out of here. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, these are my boys. Like, and it was just like, it was so funny. And, dude, man, like, I'm so happy that uh, I have that, like, super good memory of, like, one, one like, last weekend with Curtis. Because if I, if, if I went over 10 years, like, uh, and not seeing him and that happened to him and, and I knew that it went that long, like, I, I 
would be in an even worse place than I am now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was a good dude, man. He was he was a nice guy, good spirit. You know, he definitely was wild. He might have rubbed a few people the wrong way, but uh, you know, he definitely. If you knew him, you know, and you were friends with him, you know, it was it was solid. He was a he was oh a yeah solid solid person, like nice guy. My last day in New York with him, he towed, he towed me around New York City all day on his bicycle and just, like, went to all these randomest bars that you could never even think of, like, existed. And it's, like, the most diviest bars. And we walk in and, like, four people sitting at the bar turn around and just, like, four completely different walks of life. And just, they're all just, like, oh, Curtis! Like, what are you he, doing? Like, they all knew him everywhere because he had, like, a spot he had a spot that had a a deal on a drink for every hour of the day that he knew and if he was taking the right line through the city he knew he could they would all line up perfectly yeah he he had it he had it pretty well uh he pretty well that. organized he even i remember also he would go into the apple stores in the city to check his email and to, I think there was some kind of like <clears throat> messenger or something at the time. Like maybe it was AOL messenger before he had a cell phone. Yeah. So he couldn't really, he couldn't really get in touch with people, I think. So he would go into the Apple store and just like log in and use his, you know, try and link up with people or like find out where the party was or whatever. He was always, you know, he was always around doing, doing his thing and having a good time, which is, you know, Good to know, you know, he was having a good time when, when he was here and, and whatnot. But, yeah, rest in peace to Curtis. We love you, Curtis. We miss you. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to use these stories about Curtis to try and compile a Curtis tribute episode in the future. So uh, Awesome. That would be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, so out there, if y'all knew, knew Curtis Valentine, you got something you want to say about Curtis Valentine, hit me up. Uh, we'll get you on the line. You can say it, and it'll get out there. So, uh, with that being said, uh, she's time flies on a Friday night when you're having fun. That's right. Dude, thank you so much, Steve, for getting on the phone with me. Uh, covered Thanks a lot of ground me. there. Talked about Tampa. I love it. My favorite topic of all. Yes. Uh, dude, thanks for being my friend, man. And Likewise, thanks for having me, Scotty. Yeah, and then, uh, dude, I always find out that you're in Tampa, but, like, the, the day after or two days after you go home. So, man, next time you come to Tampa, like, can, can you hit me up, man? Let's, let's chill. Yeah, you're going to be chilling with my niece and nephew if you want to yeah, chill. Yeah, that's cool. That's like I, I go back to Tampa, and it's like niece-nephew time. My sister's like, all right, here, take them. I'm like, all right. I'm an I'm, I'm experienced uncle. All right, well, it's on then. We'll we'll teach him how to skate. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm in. I'm in. I've been doing some skate lessons recently with uh, Clements's daughter and Rob's son. Nice. So uh, I do I do Sloan and Alvis skate lessons um, on Mondays at four o'clock. Where do you so, do them? Uh, we do them at the border at our warehouse. Like, you know. That's cool. Yeah, I still were, haven't skated the border yet. I like, next time I come to Tampa, I gotta just roll through the border and say what's up to everybody. And yeah, for sure, man. We got some good. fun ledges and a good hip, and uh, you know some hubbas. If you want to do that, if you want to go that route, we'll see. It depends. We just, cut our, we just uh, sawed our ledge in half 
and moved it so it's like a lot more flat more flat area in the middle so that's it's really, smart. really good flat ground right now that's all you need is just like a good ledge a quarter pipe and some yeah. flat ground man i can have so fun. yeah man uh, next time give me a little update when you're going to be heading into tampa i will and if not then i'll see you sometime in new york city at a skate event uh when you help us out yeah and um yeah i'll let you Thank you for uh, giving me some time on a Friday night. Thank you for uh, having me again. Hell yeah. We're going to wrap things up. Uh, Steve Randy, my guy, thank you so much, man. Sounds good, Scotty. Thanks, man. All right. Peace out, brother. Take care. And thanks to all you guys for listening. Uh, Be sure to subscribe and do all that stuff that you're supposed to do to a podcast and tell all your friends. And thank you for listening. That'll do it. Peace.